2: Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, the podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home.
1: I'm Kate Watson-Smythe
2: and I'm Sophie Robinson. And before we begin, we want to tell you about our lovely sponsors, Natural Mat, who make beds and mattresses by hand in Devon using natural, organic and renewable materials with absolutely zero chemicals, synthetics or glues.
1: For me, one of the strongest reasons to buy natural mat is their sustainability credentials. I used them for a big project I did in central London last year. I was consulting on five apartments in a listed building and we wanted to make everything as sustainable as we could. So in addition to using vintage furniture and eco paint, we also specified natural mat for all the beds.
2: And I have the natural mat bed and the hotel mattress in my guest room. And I've got to say, over the Christmas period, we had lots of people to stay and they all mentioned what a beautiful night's sleep they had and how comfy the bed was.
1: Actually, I've slept in your guest room and I can wholeheartedly agree with them. <laughs>
2: and I have the natural mat pillows and duvet on my bed too. And I can honestly say it's like sleeping in a cloud. You know, they've got that balance just right soft yet firm, and that, well, they puff up voluptuously. So uh, how do they even do that?
1: To learn more about Natural Matt's organic beds and mattresses, head to their website at naturalmat.co.uk or visit one of their showrooms in London, Nutsford, Devon and the Cotswolds.
2: And if it doesn't get better than this, the great indoors listeners can receive 10% off their first order with Natural Matte, either online, in store, or over the phone by using the code... The Great Indoors, which is valid until the 30th of April, 2024.
1: Now, today, we're both just back from Paris, where we attended the annual Deco Off Show, which is all about the next textile collections and collaborations that we can expect to see from brands over the next few months.
2: And we thought, you know, while we've got our eyes on the trends, it also ties in nicely with the annual Pinterest Predicts Trends report, which we covered last year. So we thought it'd be a bit of fun to see which predictions came true and what they're forecasting for this year.
1: Now, the thing about Pinterest is the report is based on what people, apparently some 482 million of them, are actually pinning on their boards. So it's not like a brand or a magazine deciding what it wants you to like in six months' time. This is what people are looking
2: at now. Pinterest calls it the not yet trending report as it looks at what people are planning for their next big trip, their next home, their next outfit or their next meal out, etc. That makes it a guide to what will be big next.
1: Now, as ever, we do bring you this with the disclaimer that no one should feel forced into a trend. If you like it, use it. If you don't, move on. There will be another one along in a minute. So this is just for fun. I mean, last year, I seem to recall, it was all about mushrooms. I mean, what happened to that?
2: I've seen mushrooms everywhere, have you not?
1: Well... I've seen loads of mushrooms. I was in a pastry shop. In Italy, over Christmas, and there were a lot of mushroom-shaped cakes. Does that count? I mean, I thought that was quite weird. But um,
2: I don't understand the mushroom one. Is this not for me? Am I Gen X? I'm too old for mushrooms. I don't think the mushroom trend was coming for you. I've, I suppose I've seen it, yeah. It has been for the younger demographic. On pencil cases, on stationery, on bed linen, little bedroom oh, really? lo- mushroom lights. Oh, yeah. you know, Do you remember when it was all avocados? Do you remember the avocado
1: thing? I do remember the avocado and before that the pineapple.
2: Yeah.
1: Um I mean maybe yeah maybe it's cuz my children aren't, you know, rushing off to buy new pencil cases, but <laughs> I mean I pulled up for the the predicts last year. So it was about weird core design, mushroom decor and fantasy art. And so it said last year that fantasy mushroom art searches, I mean, niche, were up 170 percent. Now, as with all these things, it doesn't tell you what the baseline is. You know, you could go from two people searching for fantasy mushroom art to 25 and I can't do percentages, but I'm guessing that's quite a big increase. Yes. Um, But. D- here's the one DIY mushroom decor was up 77% I mean I don't those are just words I, I don't even know what those words mean in that order DIY decor mushrooms possibly <laughs> makes more sense but yeah so we're talking Sophie and we are we are videoing this. <laughs> you're in your office yes. with actually your fantasy woodland yes. scene behind you well, yes.
2: has it got little do I need to zoom in are there little mushrooms at I the bottom of your trees I know I missed a trick there didn't I? I didn't put any mushrooms in I should have done but I think there is yeah I think there's something because also I think culinary wise mushrooms have really been big it hasn't just been interiors It's been in cooking. There's been lots of talk about psychedelic mushrooms. Maybe, Kate, this is where we haven't been doing clearly enough research. I was going to say, (laughs) maybe you've got to take your psychedelics and then suddenly your DIY mushroom decor takes on its whole new kind of life.
1: Makes a whole load more sense. I mean, mushrooms are, I remember this during the lockdown. We ate a lot of mushrooms because they are apparently very good for your immune system. But, you know, whether that counts as a trend, I don't know.
2: I don't know where these things come from. But I think, you know, you've also got listed here, funky house decor, or weird core bedroom. You know, everything being slightly weird and kooky and left field.
1: i, I got to say, I know we've got to move on to what's coming up, but I never... You can talk me through this, because I can't be the only one. I never quite understood what weird core bedroom decor was. I mean, is that is that is that what my generation would have called, I don't know, emo or goth? Or is it I mean, what's a weird core bedroom?
2: Without getting two fifty shades of grey, which is that might be a whole different thing. That's a different core bedroom, I think. (laughs) It's a different kind of core. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I I, what I'm seeing that I'm enjoying with all of this is with the trends are getting more and more unpredictable and I'm really here for that after you know I've been you know you and I both been in the industry for a very very long time and I just remember it was like oh here's another new ways with neutrals here's another Scandi minimal and they felt really pre- repetitive <laughs> But no more.
1: Well, that's true. And I know that you've said when we were prepping for this show that you had quite an interesting conversation with someone in Paris about what we might term more real trends rather than the mad ones. But as I as I say, this is what people are pinning on Pinterest. So, you know, let's get into it and have a bit of fun.
2: <laughs> there's a Kate Watson-Smythe weird core cool bedroom makeover coming to Instagram soon. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: let's just say there's not. But um, at least perhaps I understand. No, I'm not sure I do understand what it is you haven't answered that question you went sliding off in different directions the point is you don't know what weird I core don't really is.
2: Kate I don't really <laughs> I mean it's making me feel extremely old and unhip and, and so I've got no idea either what a weird core bedroom is but I bet you it's got some mushrooms in it is all I'm gonna yeah. say
1: so the first one I thought was interesting that came up on this report because it's called bow stacking. And this actually is written down in the report in relation to fashion, but you know, we all know what starts in fashion ends up in interiors. And actually, there were bows everywhere in Christmas decorations last year, weren't there? So so maybe we're maybe we're ahead of the fashion lot over here in our little interiors corner. I mean, I saw a lot of Christmas trees. The one I particularly remember, um, and I know it's late to be talking about Christmas, but Chelsea of The House That Black Built, she's been living in her renovation house for about two or three years now. She's just had a baby. I'm guessing time is short. She probably can't find the decorations in the same way that I can't. So she just made this fabulous, gigantic bow, out of a dust sheet and tied it on the tree and that was that I mean it looked amazing
2: literally one bow on a tree
1: one but I mean it was huge it was like three foot wide and went right at the top of the tree and it trailed all the way down it looked lovely but you know so that that's bow going to extreme but there were bows I've got some candlesticks with bows on that I was sent by host home there's there's a bow thing going on in interior
2: there is a bow thing I did a blog post on it actually a few weeks ago uh, because I was seeing it too and it's and like you say it's coming through in fashion either just like a really simple dress but with an enormous bow on it or I read something about how this su- super stylish kind of way to dress was oh it was Farah Store on Substack that's who was talking about it she was talking about iconic bits of style and she, she mentioned some celebrity whose name I obviously can't remember but she was saying about this woman who wore a really simple outfit looked really understated from the front but it's when she turned around she had this incredible oversized bow in the back of her head and that's what looked really super cool so i think that's what you're saying similarly to um chelsea from house of black belt it's that idea of minimal but then a bit of unexpected maximalism coming in
1: i mean it's it's an interesting one the bows because i Love that idea of a gigantic bow on an outfit. Gigantic, but I mean, you've got to be careful. You don't look like, you know, a six year old girl going to a party.
2: Yeah, I mean, Kate, if I wore an enormous bow in the back of my head, I would look ridiculous.
1: I've got a problem with bows in hair because for me, that's really 80s. You know, that's taking me right back to the sort of princess dye, 1980s velvet bow in the Fergie. So I, I can't be looking at that. I need my bows to come in different places so for me I ain't going to be doing bows in fashion but bows in in interior you know the idea of a sort of I don't know a massive but if you've got one of those sitting rooms where you don't have to have your furniture all round the edges because you've got a bigger room then a massive bow on the back of an armchair could Look quite pretty to bring interest. I've just thought of that.
2: What about bows on the back of dining chairs, or is that a bit wedding?
1: That might be a bit wedding or a bit Christmas, you see. Yes, I think I the, did it the at point Christmas. of making it work, you've got to go unexpected, mm. I think. But I'm now thinking I maybe want to design a light, a pendant
2: light, which is a massive brass burn, yeah, like a big bow chandelier light yeah oh, that would be gorgeous yes
1: yeah, so we'll have a product meeting after this everybody <laughs> hold fire Sophie and i've got an idea
2: <laughs> i th- yeah i think the bow thing it can be kept classy um but i suppose what we're saying is these are these are big bows these aren't Tiny little shoelace bows.
1: They're big bows. They're big bows. And the other thing is, I I do remember we had a conversation on here a while ago about how, of course, every generation thinks they're discovering the thing for the first time. So your Gen Z probably never seen a bow, possibly don't even know how to tie a bow. And we feel immediately it's a bit 80s and we're not going there, but it feels new and fresh to those who haven't seen it before
2: oh I tell you what actually I've just had a thought of where I've done a nice little bow trend see I am before my time every now and then <laughs> do you remember the new kitchen makeover that I did last year and I had a what I did is I did a and again it's quite an old-fashioned thing to do but I kind of remembered it from back in the day I did a rolled blind and then used a bow a fabric bow to keep it up in my kitchen above the sink we'll post a picture To our insiders so they can remember what that looked like. So that's my, and that was like a, and I wanted a really big bow. It has meant that I don't really use the blind. It's become a bit of a decorative thing. Yeah, it's too much of a faff. Oh, way too much of a faff to undo a bow and redo it every morning. But I don't need to because it's just in the kitchen. So yeah, thinking about how you can bring bros to maybe tying the side of cushions, adding them to blinds. Like you said, maybe on upholstery. Yeah, I think we've got some, uh, it's all in the detail, isn't it?
1: I think that one is a trend that's coming. So again, either you like it or you're just going to run screaming. I think I might do bows, but they ain't going to be velvet. That's going to be my 1980s line in the sand, no velvet bows. But moving on to what Pinterest is calling the proper interiors trends. And I don't know if this is a trend or a continuation, but I think it's encouraging to see the numbers going up. And that's upcycling.
2: Oh, my God, that's so not new.
1: Well, it's but what's interesting is that they're talking here about boomers and Gen X. So they've got fashion, that's us will transform basic tees to unique to me with whatever snips and shreds they can find. But small scrap wood project DIY are up by 1,220%. Craft work with waste material is up by 140%. And scrap quilts and patterns with leftover fabric, also up 80%. So while we might not feel it's new, I think that's really encouraging and positive, this idea of of using leftovers.
2: Yeah, so like you say, there's nothing new about upcycling or crafting. We've been seeing that growing year on year. I'd actually say for the last 10 years, because when we launched the Great Interior Design Challenge, that TV show I did for BBC Two, back in 2013, it's like 11 years ago we started filming that show. It was all, that was the upcycling trend in interiors of taking junk furniture and reimagining it into something new. So what is this telling us that Pinterest are now like 10 years later declaring this a trend? What does that even mean?
1: I do think it's really true. And this is one of the reasons where where I think we've said it before, but it it bears repeating, you know, fashion trends, I think, are quick. There's quick turnover. There's fast fashion. That's a whole different issue. But we do change our clothes perhaps more than our interiors and interiors trends people panic about you know should I have a trend will it go out of fashion interiors trends are generally speaking pretty slow moving and of course there have been people who've been upcycling they didn't call it that since the 60s and 70s painting furniture and redoing things you know it's got this Mm -hmm. now new name Mm -hmm. upcycling but you're right it was it was coming in it was on tv perhaps more than it had been before when you did great interior design challenge and you know the fact that it's now suddenly kind of booming on pinterest is great because I think there's always been people who worry that it's going to look a bit scratty or a bit contrived or you know but now it's cool and I've really noticed it actually in fashion with patching clothes you know so if you've got a a moth-eaten hole in a jumper you know it's now kind of cool to make a patch or embroider something or sew something over the top so again that will come into interiors you know it's it's the painting furniture it's you know putting a patch on a cushion that can look cool so I'm, I'm really here for that and I think it's great that that one's taking off again
2: yeah no I think that could be really interesting what I'm hearing as well as the sustainability benefits it's also an exercise in creativity isn't it Um, people enjoying sitting down stitching quilting painting I mean small scrap wood project I mean what I mean I'm already like what even is that what is a small scrap wood project (laughs)
1: I tell you what that is, because that's what my younger son, the art school student, is all over, you know, finding bits of leftover wood somewhere. And he's making them into shelves or he's making them into sort of, you know, slightly niche cabinets that can hold his tools. I mean, it's just it's just making. I mean, it's not just art students, obviously, but I think it's, you know, looking at salvaging and in the in the house in Italy, we had strict instructions to the builders that they absolutely weren't to throw anything away. Mm. Um, And they were a bit baffled because the garden is full of sort of random old bits of wood. But, you know, we're repurposing them to make a shelf here. There's a kitchen where there was a kickboard that, that... Never existed, you know, a plinth to hide the legs. So we've repurposed an old shelf into that. So I think it's just, you know, if you've got the space to store all those things, because you never know where you might use them or where you might need a little extra shelf or something.
2: So here for that. No, it's true. We're about to make over Arthur's bedroom finally. I think I've already mentioned this quite a few times on the podcast. We're still not quite there, but we've done a design and he's having a whole new sort of desk storage area created. And his dad is obviously in the best position to help build that. But Arthur's very much like, I want to use all the scraps of wood that dad's been storing down the woodshed. He doesn't want Tom to buy any new wood. I think Tom's got views on that because it's actually not always that easy to repurpose wood in it's entirely yes. so uh yeah a bit of a balance between actually the practicalities and uh and of what you actually need but anyway it's interesting that Arthur is like 100% I want it to all be recycled like that he feels quite passionate about that that we use old wood
1: and and the other thing is if you're doing that you are creating something that's bespoke and unique mm. to you and that's also you know great so you get a bit of your own personality your own individuality you know all good. Now, yep. I think we should move on because the next one coming up from Pinterest is potentially the new
2: mushroom.
0: <laughs> what is it?
1: This year, Gen X and millennials will commit to aquitecture.
2: Aquitecture?
1: Small aquarium designs and over-the-top turtle Terrariums.
2: Terrariums.
1: Aquatic architecture will be the hot new way to style a home. Searches for small aquarium designs are up by 245%. Wow. Fish tank theme ideas, 410%. So there you go.
2: I love the idea of having a small aquarium or a turtle terrarium in my home. You weren't expecting me to say that, weren't we? Look at your face. <laughs> <laughs> For me to be all guff and gumble and what an outrage. Well, I'm, so, I'm listening to you going,
0: oh, yes.
2: Where can I install a small aquarium in my home? Is actually what my. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, my I I only want an aquarium if it's one of those ones that's like slightly replacing a wall yes. so it's about 25,000 pounds yes. worth of Come aquarium. Absolutely. I and I don't know how you clean it. I'm not into a goldfish in a tank. Tried that. The goldfish went rusty.
2: Ooh.
1: Got mold. Apparently that's the thing. It was weird, didn't last very long. <laughs> um but but yeah, I yeah, I I sort of no. no.
2: That's not one for me. No. I oh, I quite I quite like the idea of it, but like you say it's quite a High, it's feeling like quite a high maintenance trend and a quite an expensive yeah. one. Uh, so maybe I'll just buy like some beautiful aquatic fish wallpaper or something like that, like a like a fishy mule. I love a bit of fishy There's a yeah, yeah.
1: there's a Fornicetti one with fish on it, which I always thought would look great in a downstairs loo. Much yeah.
2: much easier. You don't have to clean the tank out. So yeah. You see, this is the point about trends. You can do them how you yes, want. Yes. Yes. But I'm quite interested with the whole aqua I'm just getting visions of Jason Momoa and Aquaman, and I quite fancy having him him in my front room as well. If I'm honest,
1: well, that's a whole different podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, next, moving uh, on, <laughs> moving on. What's the next trend, Kate?
1: It's called Bee Jelly, which weirdly my son's use for jealous, but it's not that. Uh, They'll say, oh, I'm really jelly of that, um, meaning jealous. But this is not that. This is Bee Jelly. From home decor to couture to beauty ideas, a whole mood will bubble up in 2024, inspired by your favourite, moot point, invertebrate. Jellyfish. Gen Z and millennials are driving this squishy aesthetic. A jellyfish haircut. Do not even ask me. (laughs) Searches for that are up by 615 percent. I don't know what that is, but searches for jellyfish lamps are up by 95 percent. Now, I don't know what a jellyfish lamp is, but I'm thinking lava lamp. And I do love a lava lamp.
2: Oh, this is so good, isn't it? This is so but it's, good. It's
1: quite niche, isn't it? But I mean, if you've got <laughs> if you've got 482 million people on Pinterest and these this searches are this big, it's quite a lot of people. <laughs> We've got also
2: in the stats, jellyfish umbrella up 195%. I, need I mean, one of those. I, I don't even know what that umbrella. is. Well, I'm imagining that will be like a clear brolly with lots of twisty tendrils
1: oh Oh, because that's really practical in a high wind isn't it
2: (laughs) in a high wind
1: on a crowded london street yeah really great nice one pinterest i can't
2: i can't even i actually can't even
0: this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com.
1: Now we're getting to something which which might be interesting. And this is called kitchens with an S in it, as in kitch. Kitch Kitchens, this year K
2: I T S yes
1: and this is one for the Gen X and the Boomers. Oh right, we're back
2: in. We're back. We're back in. in. Right. We're back
1: yeah. in the game. <laughs> they will spruce up their cooking areas with thrifted finds, vintage appliances, and jarring pops of paint. No minimalist aesthetic is safe. This is music to Sophie's ears. Oh, I was going to say, so in there, searches, done that the numbers are much smaller but you know perhaps realistic and and you know of, of a sort of ongoing upward trend eclectic kitchen decor up 50% kitschy kitchen 75% green kitchen paint 55% and this is the biggest one whatever it means eccentric kitchen is up 160% in the searches and finally retro pink 40%. Now I've got a pink kitchen but I'm guessing that retro pink doesn't mean my soft subtle plaster pink. I feel that might be a bit more Barbie because that's the retro pink.
2: I think so. I've seen loads and loads of this on my Instagram feed because I follow lots and lots of colourful accounts. I've seen loads of retro pink kitchens and it's quite a sugary candy floss barbie pink you're right and all those kind of ice cream Miami Beach shades all used together so you've got the lilac the peppermint the sky blue the pink and it is really kitsch and I think what's fun about this is everyone's usually, so blimmin' serious about their kitchen. Well, because it's an expensive room. Yeah, so they all want to do it grey or taupe or stone or pebble or limestone or yada, 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 yada. And what this is telling me is people are actually prepared to... throw that caution to the wind and have the kitchen that really makes their hearts sing. And indeed, a kitchen which is more about expressing their self, you know, their identity, their sense of style. That's why I think eclectic kitchen is quite a key trend. Eccentric kitchen. These are the words that are basically saying can I have a kitchen that doesn't look like anybody else's
1: well and also it is a continuation of that that i don't want to call it a trend but a mood that we've seen coming through which is that notion of a kitchen that doesn't look like a kitchen so you know it's it's not sort of rows of sleek gloss handleless cupboards where everything's hidden away it's it's a room which has some cooking stuff and some prep space in it. But you might have a car boot sale oil painting propped up on an open shelf next to your Mix.
2: Oh, I so happen to have exactly that. (laughs) This is definitely my trend, isn't it? I mean, even the brand new Smeg appliances that I've uh, chosen for my new kitchen, they've got like little old-fashioned style knobs on them. So even though it's a digital oven... And it has a digital display. The actual control button is, it harks back to, you know, a, a vintage style. Um, you're right. I, I've got all the latest tech, but I've also got like, yeah, my car boot sale paintings and knickknacks sitting next to my really modern appliances.
1: And I've got exactly that in my kitchen where, you know, I've got that on my sliding cupboard doors. I've got that very retro glass, which when it's in a daisy mm. pattern and when the builders came to put it in, they were, had loads of conversations about, oh, it's Nana Pat's house. This is taking me back. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all right, lads, I'm personally finding it quite fashionable at the moment, but I've got that next to, you know, a high tech copper oven and a gas hob. And so it's that mix, but it's rooms in which you cook and eat, which, you know, are not necessarily a million miles away from your sitting room aesthetic. Whereas I think there used to be a quite a big leap sometimes between a very sleek modern kitchen and your sitting room, and now it's all kind of blending in. And is, green wish, kitchens, interesting. Be. Yes,
2: green I thought we were done with paints. green kitchens, but they're they're back in here. No, they're still really, really strong. I had uh, I did a live with Magnet last week, and they said kitchen continues to be really strong. But you remember the really dark green kitchen we saw a lot of? I think Devol really set that trend with their dark kitchen, didn't they? What Magnet are telling me they're seeing come through is more olives and say like more different types of greens. Mid tone greens, pale greens, so it doesn't have to be that very dark green. Right, what's next?
1: Western Gothic. This is another one. These are just words. I don't know what these are. Meet Western Goth, your soon to be decor obsession that will mix vintage Americana chic with deep moody hues. Expect to see Gen Z and boomers DIY in style with dark fringes and darker paints. So, again, a bit of searches here. I mean, I don't know what this means. Western bedding ideas are up by 310%. Western mirror, 100%. Western Gothic, 145. I mean, what I'm taking out of this is this word that's coming back and again. DIY, thrift, upcycle, vintage. All these trends are pulling out this word.
2: A lot of nostalgia, aren't they? Do you know what I'm visualising when I listen to this? That
1: painting with the couple and the pitchforks. <laughs>
2: Is that not western a couple, gothic? I painter with a couple and a pitch for. I've got no idea what you're talking about. I'll google it
1: while you talk. You google while I talk. Safe I've time.
2: got I I'm, I'm seeing Abigail Ahern in here. So it's quite uh, so all those inky dark colors that she's really um, aims for. But I know Abigail gets loads of her inspiration. Her pinboards are full of Americana and kind of american architecture like big boulder kind of like fireplaces like they're saying lots of stud work lots of fringing lots of like really slubby textures um so it's a it's quite a kind of like bold and masculine shaggy look come on then show me the picture of the two people with the pitchfork
1: well, that's actually American Gothic, that very famous painting by Grant Wood. It's not Western Gothic. I think it's the word Gothic. So, you know, moving on now, you know what that is. But yes, I think you could be right. Dark. So Abigail Ahern, she's back. I mean, I maybe think, she never left.
2: Uh, yeah, well, I yeah, I, I think she really nails this look. And the other person who's doing this look is Winnie Williams, you know, the poodle and blonde textile brand and she's got a new mid-century house and is she calling she's not calling it dollywood she's calling it follywood follywood that's you're right, right. and it's that it's that kind of
1: palm beach retro western fringing yeah, but it's, she loves a bit of cowgirl oh yeah old, she does right? yeah she
2: loves a bit of fringing and a bit of a cowboy hat and a cowboy boot but putting her own spin on it so there'd be two designers to look at
1: She's doing it with the fringes and, and the Western goth thing, but she hasn't gone quite for such dark colours. So, you know, there's, no, again, true. there's ways through this. Different types. Right, moving yeah. on. So, the next one. Now, this to me, I can't... If you've got core on the end of it, I am not here for it. I do not want core. <laughs> sigh. This is a heavy sigh, but... Cafe core. What's offensive about that? Well, I mean, it's just sticking core on the end of it. It's like every oh, scandal has right. got to have gate on the end of it. Oh, okay. and also every
2: trend has core on the end. Yeah,
1: of it. I mean, this is this year. At-home coffee stations will become the new way to. And I'm quoting here. Forgive me, espresso oh, I yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just making a cup of coffee at home. It's not cafe core. However. <laughs> and Gen X will drive searches for everything from cafe chalkboard aesthetic to coffee station decor. But get this, coffee bar styling is up by 1,125%. Coffee station wow. decor, 145%. And I don't understand this one. Maybe this is quite German. Cafe with a K aesthetic is up by 820%. I mean, what
2: do you mean a coffee station? It's just where the kettle is and where you've got the coffee. Oh, you're missing the... I have a coffee station. I love... You hate coffee. No, I don't. I love coffee. Well, you don't. um... You like
1: hot milk with a bit of coffee in it.
2: (laughs) It's not the same thing. (laughs) I am a coffee purist. I love it. And the way I've done it is I've just created like a whole corner of my kitchen dedicated to the joy of I'm going to take it out beyond coffee because I also like tea so my sort of hot drink station shall we say but that doesn't sound me <laughs> so I've,
1: I've got, got my... a real
2: problem with the word hot drink
1: oh I don't I can't bear it do you want to what else do I call it I don't oh, know I just feel if someone says to me do you want <laughs> a drink that to me means alcohol yes please yes or yes, yes, do you want yeah. a
2: cup of coffee or some tea I don't do you want a hot drink? I don't I don't oh. Well there are so many hot drinks that you can have though, cake. On my on my coffee station On your I've hot got, drink um, station. I've oh. got coffee. Yeah. And I have decaf coffee and I have tea and I have Earl Grey and I have Roy Boss as standard. But then I've also got a no calf cough. and I've got a selection of herbals and a hot chocolate.
1: Well I've got all those, but they're just in the cupboard. They're not
2: it's not a coffee station. I tell you what I need, I need a chalkboard sign. <laughs> 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 We are done. I need a chalkboard sign and then I can show you my hot drinks menu when you come to my house.
1: Oh God, I'm not coming. I am never coming again. I tell you what though, I tell you what's interesting about that one, that idea that you're trying to turn you know, your home into a bit of a cafe, because we did have that with that very soft industrial style that came up in, I'm going to go with the early to mid noughties, mm. which I was, think it was more you know, like a
2: 2010, 2015.
1: Okay, well, that. uh, mid, that's mid. Like a, like, a, no, like an, expo-
2: an exposed light bulb, a metro it, tile, yeah. and some exposed conduit piping.
1: What you had in that was everybody's kitchen looked like the local pizza restaurant. So, I mean, it's that, isn't it? We've moved from the local pizza restaurant now to making everything look like a cafe. So, the last Pinterest one is Hot Metals. And this, interesting, after years of the domination of brass, this is silver tones and bold chrome. Metallics will make their way into the mainstream in 2024. I mean, that's an odd sentence. Metallics will become mainstream. Like, hello, they are. (laughs) However, I think the point would be that Gen Z and millennials are trading in their trusty neutrals. Don't know what that means in metallics. Anyhow, for something a bit more hardcore, aluminium furniture 45% aluminium door design up 70% what I'm taking away from this is that the dominance of brass moving away chrome is back baby which is great news for all of those who couldn't afford brass the first time round. and so our <laughs> chrome is now back in
2: very happy with that oh, I've got brass in the kitchen in the downstairs loo and I love them so again I think you know what? Also from an interior design point of view can I just say that actually your metallic should go with your color scheme it shouldn't be about what's in fashion um and I would say a brass tap goes better with a warmer color palette and uh, silver tones go well with all your greys and cooler colour palette. So I would just throw that out there for a minute. Yeah,
1: possibly. I mean, I've got kind of warm colours in this house, you know, soft pinks and chocolates and rusty reds. And I've got chrome. See, so And I've got bronze. Nice I've bronze got bronze on my light switches. Mm. But I haven't seen, and maybe maybe my budget doesn't go that far, I've not seen bronze taps. Yeah, they're not so common, the, are they? But the joy of chrome is that, you know, or the joy of bronze is that it goes with either brass or chrome, so you've got choices.
2: Well, i tell you one thing I saw quite a lot of, and this is a perfect segue to bring us into our recent trip to Paris, is I saw a lot of metallic embroidery and stitching. Yeah,
1: and I think gold. I think luxury. We're going luxury, aren't we? So yes, interesting. We'll leave Pinterest and their somewhat mad trend prediction (laughs) report, and we'll go to what we saw in Paris. Now, Deco Off is the annual sort of launch of Fabric collections, textile collections, trims, wallpapers. It's all that sort of soft furnishing. And
2: I think the important thing to mention is it's the global. It's very international. It's very American, isn't it, this year? A lot of Americans there. I launched my fabric collection with Harlequin uh, back in September at Focus in Chelsea Harbour. And then I went out this year to launch it to the international stage, which, you know, obviously I met lots of people from Europe. I met some lovely South Africans who are going to get the launch in April. So it hasn't come out in South Africa yet. But I met a lot of Americans. The Americans kind of take over Mm. Paris, don't they? And hundreds and thousands of them fly in to see all the European fabric houses, which is why, obviously, Harlequin is part of the Sanderson Design Group, were there and I got I had a really lovely special lunch we had a little VIP lunch with the American clients who had come over and I have to say Kate I love the Americans yeah I just got such a boost they are such maybe it's the sunshine that they get but they are just such happy fun flamboyant amazing people I got a real boost of energy from hanging out with the Americans at deco off and yet they have a lot of beige in their interiors don't they it just it seems like this they're really colourful larger than life people and then they sort of are drawn towards this there's a, there's a lot of neutrals going on, so I'd love to dig into that. I'm sure you're
1: working quite hard to change that. I'm working that. quite hard. I, on the <laughs> other hand, hung out with quite a lot of quite grumpy Parisian waiters. Um, <laughs> and, and the cafe we were in, I was with Up PR, who organised it, and uh, Jess, who'd organised the trip, asked the waiter for the, for the egg menu because we all wanted eggs for breakfast. And he just looked at her and he went, omelette or scrambled? And she went, yes, no, great, but I'd like the menu because maybe someone would like a poached egg or a fried egg. And he went, omelette or scrambled, which, <laughs> let's be honest, is basically the same thing.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> so yeah, I had a, I had a, you know, perhaps some, a, a slightly different experience. But <laughs> we saw lots, and I'm just going to quickly say that to go back to the green. I saw a lot of green on the textiles and I don't know quite how to describe this green because on the one hand, I want to go that it's the kind of vibrant grass green, but it's not that harsh and it's not an emerald, but it's a sort of it's actually a beautiful green that's like muddy grass or darker grass. A lot of that green with Kit Kemp, GPJ Baker. I saw it at Arte, Wallpaper. So that's a nice, strong, beautiful green coming through. A lot of that.
2: A lot of that. And, what, and I suppose as well, that does go with a lot of the neutral. You know, the neutrals are still out in full force, aren't they? I mean, I didn't get to go around all the showrooms as you did. I was very much focusing on my own notch and my own collection, not a sludgy Piece of green inside. So that was definitely, well, everybody knows about my collection and the color palette for that. But I did bump into the most fabulous podcaster, Dennis Scully. He has a very popular American podcast called The Business of Home. And he came into the showroom and he was chatting uh, trends with me. And he was he was shrieking about quiet luxury. He was like, "Oh my gosh, everything's just this quiet luxury." Which I think is a kind of like if we remember Succession. Did you watch the HBO? Yeah, I mean, Sky? It's, that's exactly it. Which yeah. whole aesthetic? So this was about uh, this billionaire family in America. This sort of like multimedia oligarch, if you like.
1: They're based on the Murdochs. Yes. It's a documentary. Kind of, even though they've
2: denied but, that. Yeah. But yes, yes, I hear what you're saying. But what was interesting in terms of the aesthetics of that, in terms of the wardrobe and their interior spaces, was it was really, really no label, no bling, very unflashy. And yet you could kind of tell that very simple jacket he was wearing was made out of like the best mohair and probably cost $30,000. So it's that.
1: Well, and it's that. Yeah, it's that Mark Laura piano, isn't it? Who were there at Paris, although I didn't see it. But it's about, yeah, there's not a label in sight. The colours are rich, but quite neutral. Really high end fabric.
2: No pattern.
1: No pattern. No high pattern, end Barry fabric, Plain. soft, neutral colours. It screams expensive. But there's no overt way to Well, it doesn't see
2: scream it. expensive. It's oh, I the think opposite it does. of screaming expensive. Oh, I think of... you can tell it's really expensive. Well, I think you ha- you've got an educated eye. I think it's that thing that they don't want to scream that they've got lots of money. And it's almost like if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you're not one of us, so we don't care about you anyway. Because I think traditionally screaming expensive was... The bling. It was like having the little red tag on your Prada trainers. It was about having the Gucci logos on your loafers. You know, all of these brand logos. Yeah, we've moved away from that. That let people know that your Gucci loafers cost £800. This is not screaming. It's actually not letting you know. And it's kind of like, if you're in our club, you'll know how much my clothes cost. And I think again it's the same with the interiors. It might look really plain to me. (laughs) Looks really plain, really bland. There's not even any art on the walls. There's hardly any decorative accessories. But my Goodness, did it cost a lot of money.
1: But you've always said that. You've, you know, you've always made that point that it costs a lot more to do a minimal interior because it's got to be perfect. There's no hiding place. Whereas, you know, it's much easier to do a maximalist interior because you can build up a bunch of cushions from the high street and stick on a slightly more expensive, you know, or stick on your granny's patchwork throw that you've inherited, some cheap cushions and then a very expensive picture on the wall or something. You know, you can layer up all the price points, and
2: you can mix high and low together much more easily in a Maximus interior. So you can get your high street bargains in your vintage pieces, mix them with a few high end pieces, and the whole thing looks fabulous. But yes, there's no, there's no slipping in a car boot sale. Peace in a quiet luxury interior so anyway there was a lot of that in Paris as one would expect and the Parisians are famously into that kind of vibe anyway the other trends that Dennis mentioned which I loved he called it mob's wife luxe and I was like I'm here for that um and I've when he said that I kind of imagined Lady Gaga in the House of Gucci movie so I've
1: seen that in fashion coming through isn't it and that's the absolute opposite of the one before which just goes to show how insane trends are because this is about the label this is about dressing more bling this is you know and and this comes back to the Pinterest one it's you know eyeshadow, you know, bright aquamarine
2: eyeshadow, shoulder pads, big hair, big jewels, massive necklaces, really high glossy paint and heels. And I can just imagine how that would translate into interior. And I think it's got a touch of the 1980s bling about it.
1: Well, there is a sofa that's been going around on Instagram, which is a sort of silver sofa, which has been popping up and down. And I think that's the that's the start of it. So, yes, lots of food for thought there.
2: So, there, gosh, I need a little lie down after all that, cake. That was a lot to digest, wasn't it? And I think it just gives um, hopefully everybody a bit of an insight into how disparate all the trends are now from magic mushrooms all the way down to quiet luxury I mean there really is something for everyone so I guess what we're saying all to you is this is what's going on in the world of interiors in the crazy world of trends and it's all about what lands with you what resonates with you and then there's you know use the right Pinterest search basically and fill your Pinterest board you'll find whatever you want
1: the messages go with what you like. And if it's a bit vintage, better.
2: And uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the jelly. That's what I'm going to get into There you next. go. Yeah, the jellyfish trend. Watch this space. Now, before we go, may I just remind you about our great Indoors Insiders Club, where for less than a posh coffee a month, you can enjoy ad-free listening, a weekly bumper newsletter, invitations to our free webinars where we all get to meet up and hang out. So... Show your support for the show, give us some love, and we promise to use your subscription towards improving the podcast and creating even more delicious content for you. To find out more, visit com.
1: We'll be back next week, so all that remains is for us to thank our sponsors, Natural Mat. To learn more about Natural Mat's organic beds, mattresses and beddings, head to their website at naturalmat.co.uk or visit one of their showrooms in London, Nutsford, Devon and the Cotswolds. Natural Mat are delighted to offer The Great Indoors listeners 10% off their first order by using the code THEGREATINDOORS either online or in one of the showrooms. Valid until the 30th of April, 2024.
2: So thanks so much to Natural Mat and our producer, Sarah Cadden of Feast Collective. And of course to you, our lovely listeners.
1: And we'll see you in The Great Indoors.